Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, it is an exciting day to be alive, isn't it? It's a day of challenge. It's a day of change. You know, it's a day of light. It's a day of darkness. It's a day of the glory of God. It's a day of, um, wow, implosion of all things that have been normal for a long, long time. So what a day we're living in. Glad to be with you again on our Victory Church uh, weekly podcasts. Appreciate you listening uh, the way you do uh, just uh, week in and week out, twice a week. So invite a friend to uh, to listen with you. Uh, forward the podcast to them and let them know about them. We've got them on several venues and uh, appreciate those that are taking time. Hey, if you'd like to make contact with me, as I said at the um, at the introduction, pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. If anything I say um, uh, engenders questions, you have questions about what I've shared or have other thoughts and comments, we'd love to hear from you. Or maybe there's something else not related to the topic of healing that I've been talking about that you would like to ask me. Feel free to send me that via email, pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. Been talking for the last number of weeks about healing belonging to the everyday child of God. It's part of our inheritance in Christ to walk in physical health. Now, you know, I'm aware that you don't hear a lot of preaching and teaching on this these days except in certain small circles, but it is the will of God for us to be well. Listen, I've walked with Jesus. Um, This month I celebrated 40, what is that, 47 years of walking with God, and uh, it's been an exciting journey, and I never knew about healing prior to coming uh, into this new relationship with Jesus with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but uh, I began to read, read, I've devoured the Word of God, I've studied the Word of God, and I've preached divine healing all of these years. I've been in ministry for 42 years, and I've been, I've been preaching divine healing ever since then, and in my own life, I have pretty much walked in a state of divine health, and, um, and that's really, an, you know, it's just been an amazing journey. God wants you to be well to do that and to walk in God's best and to walk in health. It's really important to keep your faith built up. And I've said this, I don't know how many times, and you could probably quote it, you know, um, because there will never be a time. Can you say it before I? There will never be a time in your life that you don't need faith for healing either for yourself or someone else. So reason, just keep your faith built up. Um, I've told you this so many times. Let me say it again. I, I just did the other night. I woke up. Often I'll wake up at 3 o'clock for some reason uh, and, you know, to go to sleep. I'll begin with Exodus 15, 26, Exodus 23, 25, uh, Psalm, uh, Deuteronomy 7, 15, uh, Psalm 103, 1 through 3, um, Psalm 107, 20, Psalm 105, 37, um, Proverbs 4, 20 through 23, Isaiah 53, 1 through 6, um, Matthew 8, 17, Hebrew, uh, uh, Acts 10.38, 1 Peter 2.24, and other related passages that promise us health and healing as part of our inheritance in Christ. I just meditate on it a lot. And why? Because I just need to keep my faith built up. Just because you had faith yesterday is no guarantee that you have it today. You've got to keep what God has given you. 
And you've got to keep your faith built up because we leak and we live in a very fallen, fear-filled, dark world and it seeps, it seeks to pull the faith right out of us. So keep your faith built up. So anyway, that's the reason for these podcasts. I've been talking about healing being the will of God. We're right in the middle of talking about healing hindrances, four major categories. I've already covered negative emotions. We have talked about the misuse of the body. Uh, with diet, uh, rest, overwork, and then last time I talked about lack of exercise. Today I want to talk about the third healing hindrance, uh, which is unforgiveness. It is not possible to walk in the best that God has for us physically unless we're willing to forgive every person that has wounded, injured us, or done something to hinder our life in some way. We cannot walk in unforgiveness and expect faith to work. It just will not. I don't know how many times over the years that I have prayed for people. And I was as I was laying hands on the sick. And see, the Bible teaches the laying on of hands. James 5.14, is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray for them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith or save or heal the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if they've committed sins, they will be forgiven them. Yes, the Bible says that. They lay hands on the sick, Mark 16, 17. They will recover at the same time. We there. I don't know how many times I've laid hands on people, and that, as I laid hands on them, I had a spiritual perception that there was a blockage in the person's life that was hindering them from receiving the healing that Jesus had for them. And many, many times I've asked people, I've just backed up as I was praying for them down front in our church, end of a service often, and I've just simply asked, is there someone that has in some way hurt or injured you and you hold unforgiveness towards them? And y'all, I can't count the number of times a person's nodded to the affirmative, yes, there is a person I need to deal with. I said, well, you got to be willing to deal with them. Now, Doc, God will take it on credit sometimes. I, I've had him say, well, uh, let me ask you this. If, you, if you'll promise God right now that you will deal with the unforgiveness and let the person go and, and forgive the offense, uh, will you do it? If you'll promise God now, I'll lay hands on you. God will heal you. But you, after this, you got to go get by yourself. Forgive the person. So it's really important. You can't walk in unforgiveness and receive the best that God has for your life. Again, Mark eleven twenty five, Amplified New Testament. Mark eleven twenty three, twenty four. 24, classic scripture on, on faith. Whoever says to the mountain, Mark eleven twenty three, be removed, be cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes whatever he says will come to pass. He'll have what he says. Therefore, I say to you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. Then Amplified, verse 25, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, what is anything against anyone? It's anything. That's just what it says. It's He said, forgive him or her and let it drop, Amplified adds. And then in parenthesis, it says, leave it. Let it go. That means there's distance between you and the unforgiveness you had. And then he goes further and says, in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop so if we want God to forgive us then we've got to forgive those who have 
hurt us in some way. It's just absolutely necessary for health and healing. Again, I've uh, in lessons past and podcasts in the past, I have mentioned Proverbs 14:30 New Living Translation. It says a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body, but jealousy. And he uses the term jealousy in the New Living Translation. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones, and that jealousy is talking about emotions that are wrought up and dealing with something, and that is really easily referring to uh, unforgiveness. Uh, Amplified of that verse, Proverbs 14.30 reads, A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body, but envy, jealousy, and wrath are like rottenness of the bones. Again, the bone marrow is where our blood originates. Red blood cells come from your bone marrow. So if your bones are unhealthy, you are unhealthy. And he says that he says that these emotional things that affect us are like rottenness of the bones. That it is, it hinders our health. So we must forgive. If we want God's best, and we want to walk in health, we have to forgive. So again, Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, New Living Translation, it talks to us about forgiveness. And I like the way it says it. And it says... The Apostle Paul says here, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And then he says, verse 32, instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I want to read that again. It's such a good verse. Get rid of all bitterness. So ask yourself when you read this, is there any bitterness? Is there something someone said or done? It's just left a bad taste in my mouth. Get rid of all bitterness, all rid of rage. Rage is anger, anger expressed. Anger, that could be anger internalized or expressed as vengeful words. Anger uh, could be silent treatment you give someone. Then he further goes, uh, goes on and says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, then harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to uh, each other, tenderhearted. See, I read it really slow, and I ask myself, am I being kind? Am I being tenderhearted towards others? Then he adds, forgiving one another, and then he tells you how to forgive just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So how do we forgive other people? We forgive other people just as God through Christ forgave us. So when God forgives us, he does three things. When God forgives us, he says he won't hold it against us. He says he won't remember it. In fact, he says he forgets it when God forgives us. He won't bring it up to us again. And when God forgives us, uh, it's not even an issue to him whatsoever. He won't tell anybody else what you did when he forgives you. All right? So we're not God, so we have to be willing to, we have to, be willing to forgive a person and then don't tell, tell, talk to the person about it again. If you've forgiven them, it's done. It's not even an issue again. You don't talk to others about what they did when you've really forgiven them. All right. And then when it comes up in your own mind, you pray for them. All right. That's important. So 
So to emulate God, when God through Christ forgives us, he says, I won't bring it up to you. I won't bring it up to others. And as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't ha- hasn't happened. There's sins and lawless deeds, Hebrews 10, 17. I will remember no more. Um, Isaiah 43, 25, I even I am he who blots out your transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember your sins. See, God treats us as though it never happened when he forgives us. And we're to do that to others. So when I, when I say I forgive someone by faith, I tell God that I forgive that person for whatever it is they said, did, etc., and that I no longer hold them accountable for what they did, see? When I forgive, that's what I say. God, I fully forgive so-and-so. I tell them what they did. I say, right now, I forgive them. And, and so that means I won't bring it up to them again. When it comes to, Then when it comes to my mind, now this is important. When it comes to mind, I choose not to think on what they did because, because I've forgiven them. And then number three, replace that negative thought with prayer about the person, prayer for the person that I am forgiving. Years ago, this is 20-something years ago, I was uh, ministering to someone, and and, uh, I helped them, and that person happened to be an artist, and the person brought me back um, uh, some drawings that I still have in my files. Uh, But the person drew me the picture of a train on a track because they used a train as an illustration of how to forgive. With a train, simplistically, you have the engine of the train, which which you know has the has the motor that that pulls the rest of the cars on the train down the track. Then you have the individual box cars uh, on the train, and and then you have years ago you had a caboose. Now the light, usually the last you know uh, car on the train has a little light on it that blinks or whatever. Um, but you know in yesteryear and when I was young, they had cabooses on trains, and so. So you think about an engine of a train, the individual boxcars, and the caboose. So, so this is an illustration of how to forgive by faith. Listen, even if there is no feeling to it, forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is an action that eventually, not to start with, but eventually produces feeling. So I've got to forgive even when there is no feeling to forgive. I mean, it's an action I take towards the person. So again, thoughts and feelings go hand in hand. And, you know, I'm not going to have good feelings towards someone as long as I have negative thoughts about them in my mind, right? Thoughts produce feelings, right? So, so think about what you're feeling. Go back and think about what you've been thinking about. If you're having a blue day, why are you having a blue day? If everything's equal and unless your hormones are crazy and, you know, and sometimes that happens with, um, with people at times, and uh, but if everything's working like it should, the physical body's functioning the way it should, generally speaking, thoughts produce emotion. So if you're feeling a certain thing, go back and see what you've been thinking about. And if you deal with change the thinking, you eventually change the feelings, right? So see, that's why forgiveness is so important. Don't wait until you feel like forgiving someone. Forgive by faith because Jesus said do it. Don't hold on to anything. Let it go. Let it drop. That's what he said in Mark eleven twenty five. 25. Uh, how, how do you do that? Well, think of the train. That's a good illustration. Put the train, start the train down the track. Look at the engine of the train. That is, the engine represents the process of saying, of saying God, here's what so-and-so did to me. 
they did this, they did that, they said that, and right now I choose to forgive them. I don't feel like it. I don't seem like I'm forgiving, but I'm choosing to forgive. It's an action, not a feeling. And so you go there in prayer and say, God, I let it go. I lay it at your throne. I fully forgive uh, so-and-so for what they did, right? So, so that starts your train down the track. Then, then what happens? Well, as you go through the day, thoughts of the words the person used or the, the, the event that happened with the person and what they did and said and such, when that comes to your mind, that, represent, that is represented by the individual boxcars on the train going down the tra- track. Can you see it in your mind? You got the engine, then you got box car. Those box cars are 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 hour after hour after hour of just doing what you do every day, and those box tar- cars would represent thoughts that come to your mind about the person that you're forgiving. So instead of of thinking about what they said and what they did and letting it ruminate or go over and over in your mind, you choose rather then think about what they did because you chose to let it go by faith and forgive them. You pray for the person. Uh, Instead of thinking the bad thoughts, the negative thoughts, replace the negative thoughts with prayer. So Ephesians 1, Paul prayed a prayer for believers. If it's a Christian, Ephesians 1, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, and it goes on and on through the rest of the chapter. And then Colossians, uh, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 3, that the person would be, um, uh, would be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith, that they would be rooted and grounded in love. Ephesians 3, 14, through the rest of, of that chapter. And then Colossians 3, God, the apostle Paul prayed for the believers in Colossae, that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So those are great. I pray those prayers for people, people that are believers, I pray that for our church family many times. Um, and then if a person's not a believer, pray for their salvation. John 6, 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father himself draw him. So ask the Lord to draw that person to himself and that there would be conviction of sin in the person's life. Ask for the drawing of the Father. Secondly, command Satan to take his hands off that person's mind. Again, we're talking about forgiving a person who doesn't know the Lord. Pray for their salvation. Pray that God would draw them. Secondly, say, Satan, take your hands off of their mind and stop blinding them to the truth of the gospel about divine uh, about forgiveness of sin in Jesus' name. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 is the base scripture for that, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. And then thirdly, pray for the person that, that God would send people across their path to share Jesus, share the gospel with them. And that, as Jesus said uh, with, the, um, with the metaphor of, a, of in the farming community, pray that God would send laborers into the harvest field and minister to this person. So the laborers being people that know the Lord and are willing to share Jesus with people. Ask God that he would send people across that person's path. See, so again, if you choose to not think on the negative thing that the person did because you forgive them, instead replace it with prayer. Uh, if the person's a believer, there's certain scriptures you pray. And if a person's not a, a believer, pray that the Lord would draw them, Satan, take your hands off their mind. And then thirdly, Lord, send people across their path to share Jesus with them. If you do that every single time that the event comes up in your mind that the person committed or acted towards you or, or the things they said, eventually, if you refuse to think 
on the negative things. Eventually, the emotions will show up. So you got the engine of the train, which is the initial act of forgiving, the boxcars of the train representing hour by hour, making sure you don't go back and dwell on what the person did. Instead, you choose rather to pray for them. So you direct your thoughts of them towards prayer. Then thirdly, thirdly, once you do those first two, then you know what? The caboose of the train shows up and the caboose happens to have in it good feelings about the person. No negative emotions about the person arise in you. Again, that's really, really important to know and do. And, you know, I found over the years, if I practice that, that, you know, it helps me forgive the person. I just remember the train going down the track. That reminds me to initially forgive the person, whether I feel it or not. It reminds me to pray for the person replacing what they did with praying for them. Instead of thinking of the negative, I think of the positive and I pray for them. God would do a work in their life with these prayers I mentioned in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and Colossians 1. So really, really important to do that. Y'all, I've done this so much throughout my life. And you know, all of us have to, you know, practice forgiveness. I as a pastor have to practice forgiveness. I mean, through my life, people have said things, done things for various reasons. I don't always know the motivations, but sometimes they're hurtful. You know, you got to be honest when things are hurtful. But if something's hurtful to you, you can't just say, well, it'll just go away. No, deal with it. Don't let it fester on the inside. Sometimes those are, that's a reason that healing is not forthcoming because there's someone that we need to forgive. So as I'm talking about this as I conclude today, who is it in your life? Maybe it's somebody that has defamed you. That is, they said some things that were not true about you to others and you found out about it. And, uh, and it's been very hurtful to you. Maybe somebody's said something to you that very caustic and cutting and biting. Maybe it was a sarcastic comment, but it, it wounded you. And maybe, maybe somebody actually did something to you physically that was very harmful and hurtful to you. Uh, whatever, forgive them. You've got to be willing to let it go and let it drop. Forgiveness doesn't, let me say this also. Forgiveness doesn't mean that the person has changed their behavior. Forgiveness also doesn't mean that you just let them keep doing that stomping on you and over and over again. You know, when a person chooses to do something that's hurtful and they are not willing to change their behavior or even acknowledge they did something wrong, you can't do anything about that. I'm not responsible for the, for the actions of a person who does something that hurts me or hurts others. They're responsible for them. What I am responsible for is when they do something that bothers me that I don't hold on to it, but that I let it go. That's my part. My part is to let it go. Their part is to change. And you know, if a person chooses not to change, then I have to choose whether or not I'm going to allow them to do that again. And that has to do with the context of the kind of relationship you have with the person, who that person is to you in your life. Sometimes you put up with things in others. Other times... Uh, by the nature of the situation, you know that you need to separate yourself from that person when that person is not, will, will not stop doing the thing that will bring whatever kind of harm uh, to your life. So, you know, those are, they're extenuating circumstances and all that I just said, and I understand that, but the point I'm making is I'm responsible to forgive other people even when they choose not to do right. It's, I don't have to put myself in that circumstance again, but I'm responsible to forgive them. So if I want divine healing, I've got to let things go. And y'all, all of us, let me, you know, I've been pastoring, 
I've been pastoring here in Raleigh for 29 years this year. And I, I mean, I've had people say things and do things. And, and yes, it's been hurtful, but see, I have to let them go. I've been in ministry since 1981. I've been a believer since 1976. How many times do you think it's been over the years that I've had to? Even though I'm in ministry, I'm a human. Things do. People say things. People do things. You've got to let it go. Make sure that you're clean on the inside. Make sure that you're uh, free on the inside, unencumbered on the inside, and that there's no negative thought or emotion towards another person. If there is, let it go. Let it drop and choose to forgive the way Jesus forgives us. And that way you won't have unforgiveness hindering the healing power of God from operating in life. Lord, I just pray for me and all of us as we go through life and, you know, people do things, people say things, and we're involved in circumstances. And not everybody always makes the right decisions. We don't even always make the right decisions. Give us grace to absorb uh, the punches, so to speak, and give us grace to forgive, to let the thing go, to let it drop. And I pray for any person that's listening to this today, that the grace of God would come upon them, enabling them, Lord, to, uh, to let it go, to let it drop, to pray for the person, and to, uh, and to once again, one day, as they continue to forgive, continue to let it go, continue to pray for the person, one day, the emotions level out and they actually feel the forgiveness that they have extended towards that person lord thank you for helping us remove this this uh healing hindrance of unforgiveness in jesus name well god bless you i can't wait to talk to you the next time god bless thanks for listening to the victory church weekly podcast i hope you're able to get something out of the message today before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe or leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.